So I remember really clearly one time sitting in the living room with Annika watching this horror movie and she was really young. And I remember thinking like, what in the world are we doing? And it was one of those horror movies where it wasn't, you know, ghosts and spirits. It was people doing really awful things to other people. And I couldn't figure out why in the world I was just sitting there watching it with her. And it dawned on me a long time later, like probably several years later, that really it was about fear because she was allowed to watch that yeah. kind of stuff over at her dad's house. All the time. And I was afraid to say, no, we're not going to do it in this house, even though it went against everything I believed in that moment. I think that that happens to a lot of people. Uh, and there's some things that we get stuck in our head that we call myths mm-hmm. uh, about how we parent in our home and how it's impacted by that X. And today, we're going to learn what those common myths are, and uh, and we're going to talk about some truths behind that. But let's get into all that right after the intro. Welcome to the Blended Family Coaching Show, where you'll discover how to move your stepfamily from just surviving to truly thriving. Grab your headphones and listen in as we share practical, real-life strategies for building healthy bonds. Understanding the kids' perspective. Romance and partnership. Parenting with great teamwork. And yes, even co-parenting with a difficult ex. We're Mike and Kim Anderson, and we believe with the right tools, every step couple can overcome the common challenges of stepfamily life. Join us for authentic and sometimes comical conversations to discover how you can lead your family with confidence and create the future you really want. Hey, we're excited to jump into today's topic where we're going to be confronting the four most common myths about parenting in your home when the kids are being influenced by the other home, maybe the other home is doing things different, different rules, different expectations, or even different lifestyle choices than yours. So we're going to we're gonna conquer that today. But before we jump into all that, we're excited to share how you can join in the mission of supporting and equipping blended families through this podcast. Mm-hmm. So last week at the very end of the episode, we shared that we launched a Patreon page. Now, if you don't know what Patreon is, it's a very simple way for you to support the content creators that you love. Mm -hmm. And you can choose the level that you want to support at, even if it's just like a buck an episode, which is $4 a month. That that goes a long way in partnering with us to keep bringing quality content to you and thousands of other blended families. Yeah. So you might be wondering, well, why would you want to do this? (laughs) Well, here are some of the goals that we have for this. First, we want to be committed to keeping this podcast ad free, mm-hmm. right? We all just get bombarded with advertising everywhere we turn, and we just don't want that yeah, for this. Not here. We also want to be able to improve the quality of our show, which is going to include some upgraded equipment, yep. which we kind of need right now. Yep. We're sharing a mic, which is a little bit <laughs> awkward. It's a good thing we're. I thought you like to be close to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing we're married, but we could sure use our own mics. Also, we want to use um, some of the support for hiring new people to come on board and support us. Mm -hmm. And that's going to keep us focusing our time and our energy on creating great content for you to benefit you. Yeah. And plus, 
When you become a patron, you'll get even more value because we're offering several free gifts as a thank you for partnering with us. And everyone who becomes a partner is part of then our Patreon community. And that's going to have exclusive access to extra content. Uh, You're going to get to hang out with us behind the scenes as we develop new content and trainings. And at some point in the future, we're planning to start hosting some exclusive ask us anything Mm. sessions where you can just have direct (laughs) access to us and literally ask us anything, whether it's (laughs) blended family stuff or about us and our personal life, whatever you want to do, it's going to be valuable and it's going to be fun. So here's how it works. You can go to our Patreon page at patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Mike and Kim. And of course, we're going to link to that in the show notes. You can check out the different levels that you can invest in. And, you know, the $4 a month level really helps us stay ad free. Mm -hmm. And when you think about it, it's a buck an episode, you know, because we release one every week or so. Or you can jump in at the $10 a month uh, where you can even gain access then to our online workshop called Step Families That Make It as a free gift to you. Great gift. Yeah. And there's lots of other levels in there, too. But really, you can choose to partner at any amount that works best for you. Just click Become a Patron. And then you can adjust the support amount to any dollar amount Mm -hmm. you want. Now, this episode releases on January 28th, 2020. And we're hoping to reach just 10 patrons Mm -hmm. in the next 30 days. That would be awesome. So by the end of February 2020, we would love to have 10 people partnering with us in this mission. And so we're just asking you to consider partnering with us. And I just want to... Being a part of it. yeah, Yeah. Thank you in advance for considering this. Yeah. All right. So... Let's dive into this episode, and we want to start confronting the four myths about parenting when an ex has different rules different and different lifestyles. Yeah, and we know this really well because we lived this out. Uh, my daughter Annika's homes were very different, the homes that she transitioned back and forth to. And so, and we hear this from couples all the time who are feeling confused and frustrated with the discrepancies in the rules and the expectations between their home and their ex's home. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these couples, including us, fall into (laughs) this trap of believing some of these myths that we're going to talk about. Mm -hmm. And when you get sucked into these myths, you might find yourself, like I said, frustrated, confused, Um, with parenting decisions. Mm -hmm. And you might even feel like you're being forced or coerced into making some parenting decisions, even though they don't align with what you really feel is best or or the priorities in your home. And that can be really hard. So today, we're going to expose those myths. And then we're going to reveal the truth around each one so that you can gain some confidence here when it comes to making parenting decisions in your home, regardless of what the other home is doing. That's where we want to land. Yeah, you know, and when it comes to combating these myths, we've got this little mantra for you, and we want you to remember it. So if you don't get anything else out of today's episode, (laughs) want you to walk away remembering this thing and maybe even repeating it to yourself often. Our Our home home is is our our zone, zone. right? Our home is our zone. That's kind of the overarching truth that's going to help us stay centered when these myths kind of attack us. They pop up out of nowhere. And so we want to remember that our home is our zone. Mm -hmm. So let's dive into the four myths. All right. Myth number one, to make things easier for everyone, our house rules need to match the X's. Hmm. Yeah. And the truth around this one is that parenting decisions do not 
have to cross households. They mm-hmm. re- it's really not absolutely necessary. That's right. Now, we have seen sometimes that exes can easily agree on boundaries and expectations in both homes. And mm-hmm. if if that happens naturally and yeah. everyone agrees, wholeheartedly agrees, that's right. then that's great. It there's, is. There's we want to no- celebrate yeah, that there's with you. Nothing, that's awesome. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But more often than not, yeah, it's not very difficult mm-hmm. to get an ex to align with how you think she, things should operate in that's their right. home and to mirror for both homes to mirror. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can be really challenging. It's really challenging. Mm-hmm. And it's okay because kids can adapt to two sets of rules. Mm-hmm. They are quite adaptable when it comes to that. And we know this. Because kids have to do this every day at school, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's just one simple example, right? Yeah, there's different rules for with the math teacher and the science teacher. Some you can wear a hat, some you can chew gum, and kids are used to adapting to these rules. Even younger kids in elementary school, mm-hmm. there's different rules out on the playground as there are in the library, as there or are in the cafeteria. Music yeah, each teacher those, yeah. has different sets of expectations, and kids learn how to adapt from one to the next. Usually pretty quickly. Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. really not um, a big deal. That's right. We do need to give kids a little bit of transition grace Mm -hmm. when they get, you know, to the to the home mm-hmm. to settle in to remember what the new rule what the rules are how they're different yep. and and give them some grace in that but it's very easy for kids to transition there and another side note here is disciplinary decisions should not be made across the households unless you get agreement with an ex yeah very specific yeah so, so and especially not just disciplinary decisions but like spe- specifically um uh What's the word I'm trying to think Consequences. Of? There it is. Yeah, consequences. <laughs> That's a disciplinary decision. <laughs> I lost it. <laughs> if you are grounding your child because they've misbehaved in your home or broken a rule, you can't expect your ex to honor that when yeah. the child moves to their home and vice versa. You shouldn't yeah. be expected to carry out a consequence that your ex gave mm-hmm. in their home unless you both come together and, and agree, agree on, on that. Right. But, mm-hmm. but there shouldn't be an expectation that just because I set this consequence that my ex should have to carry it through. That's right. So we want to be careful there. Now, if you're in a complex blended family, this means that both of you have brought kids into the equation here. Mm -hmm. All of this can get really, really Mm -hmm. complicated, especially if you're trying to mirror both homes. Yeah. Because now you're trying to get everyone on the same page, not just your ex, but your partner's ex. Yeah, his ex, her Mm -hmm. ex, and possibly their new partners. Mm -hmm. So you have up to six parents all trying to get on the same page. Mm -hmm. That is highly unlikely. Yeah. If there's somebody out there with a story where you're doing that really well, we would love to meet you and hear your story. (laughs) Um, But that's not the story that we hear, uh, and that can be really challenging. Yeah. If we get locked into this myth, we could end up creating double standards in their home because I'm trying to match the rules for my kids with my ex and you're trying to match the rules with your kids for your ex. And now all of a sudden our two sets of kids in our own home different in our home have two different sets of rules. And so we're getting on a slippery slope there and playing a dangerous game. What we've got to remember is our Mm -hmm. home is our zone Mm -hmm. and our values and our priorities is what we're going to focus on in our home, regardless of what either ex is doing. And we also want to bring up the point that different doesn't necessarily mean bad. Mm. 
Just because the two homes operate very differently and have different priorities and focus on different things, it doesn't mean that it's bad for your kids. Yeah. So let me give an example there. Let's say one home has is really, really conscious about game time and mm-hmm. want the kids to be active, pursuing mm-hmm. an active lifestyle. Physical activity, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's say, and we've done this before in our house too, let's say the kids over there have to earn their game time or mm. their screen time. Yeah. So they need to go out and play at the playground or shoot hoops in the yard or go on a bike ride, whatever it is, yeah. and balance that with game time. And they keep very close tabs on on that. And let's say in the other home, there is no keeping track of game time. It's mm-hmm. free. They can, kids can be on games whenever they want, but that family is also focused on academics. Yeah. And as long as the kids' grades are good and they're getting their assignments done and doing well in school, they don't worry about game time. Yeah. But if their, if their grades were to slide or they were to start slipping in school, then they would revisit it and mm-hmm. start putting more restraints on it. Mm-hmm. So one home is focused on really keeping track of game time and focus more on physical, the other home, not so much focused on gaming time, but But still have high priorities in other places, Mm -hmm. very different approach, but neither is a bad thing for your kids. They're getting good things from both homes. They're getting the value of a work ethic when Mm -hmm. we're focused on academics and they're getting a value of life balance when in the other home focused on physical activity yeah. and that kind of thing. So yeah, we don't want to criticize and attack the other home yep. just because they don't do something you do. Yeah. Because they could be doing other things mm-hmm. that are equally as valuable for the kids that That's you right. may not be doing. That's right. So look at the big picture. Don't focus on in on, on mm-hmm. um, menial little, every little thing. That's going to drive you nuts. Just keep focused on your home <laughs> yep. as your zone. Here's the bottom line. When we try to match everything between the two homes, the rules, the consequences, the boundaries, what happens is it tends to put us in a position of having to compromise some things that are really important to us in order to match what's going on with the other home. Things like values, lifestyle choices, things we want to teach our kids, character traits, all kinds of important things um, come into, into light here when we're setting up our households. Yeah. And it it puts you in that position of pressure. Yeah. And and that actually leads us to myth Myth number two. And myth number two says, you know, we're just going to need to lower our standards a bit to appease the kids or else they might reject our home or refuse to spend time with Uh, us. And that's a real fear. Like when we have that, we've had that in our our story. Mm -hmm. Annika's come to us and said, you know, Oh, dad's house is just more fun. I don't want to spend mm-hmm. as much time in your house. And or that, dad lets me do this and that. Yeah. And that just, that hurts. It's mm-hmm. very hurtful and it, it and is. we don't want to feel that pain. And so it challenges us to lower or it, it, it makes us feel like we might have to lower our standards just to appease them. Mm-hmm. But here's the truth. Parenting decisions that are influenced by fear or guilt are typically not the best decisions. Oh, yes. That's so true. Yeah. And, you know, it's challenging and it's tempting because parenting, you know, following the divorce is hard enough. When you're on your own, you're feeling guilty about the losses and the challenges that your kids have endured. And it's easy to kind of get a little bit more permissive Mm -hmm. and and, relaxed. Yeah. Get relaxed on that. 
And, and then the pressure builds. And sometimes it's even more challenging when you've got another partner, mm-hmm. you've repartnered and now they want to impose some yeah. more <laughs> rules and whatnot. Now you're stuck in, in, in what we call that trap teammate. We're going to talk about more. We've just mentioned that before. And that feeling of guilt and fear then gets amplified even more when the child is starting to make comparisons mm-hmm. to that other home. They're voicing complaints about your home. It's yeah. so hurtful. Those are real hurts. Yeah. But the truth is we don't want to be compromising on that out of fear or guilt. Yeah. What we really want to be doing is focusing on raising a child who's going to become a responsible adult. Yeah, we have a job. Yeah, I, one of my uh, favorite quotes, job. one of my mentors have told me more, more than one time is, hey, we're not raising kids here. We're raising adults. Right. And, and there's a, there's a mindset shift that has to go Mm -hmm. in that. What we're doing is we're training them to become adults. So that means we have to stand firm on our priorities and firm on our values and firm on our boundaries so that they can learn that well. Mm -hmm. And, and so we get this pressure and we have the guilt and we have the fear. Uh, You know, I know that you experienced that. You, you also had the pressure sometimes from, the ex saying, yeah. Hey, lighten up, yeah. like mellow out. Yeah. And we're going, no, we don't want to compromise yeah. our values. And it's not about lightening up. Mm-hmm. So tell, tell me a little bit about what was going on inside of you. What were you feeling when, when you felt that pressure? Well, it, and- it's, it's hard when you have an ex judging the decisions you're making in your home and criticizing mm-hmm. possibly even, um, that, that can be really tough. Yeah. And well, yeah, your ex was judging your decisions and, but you also had me on the other side yep. kind of pr- pushing <laughs> decisions as well, right? Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. you wanted more structure too. And I felt paralyzed a lot of the time. Um, and I, I definitely caved into fear and guilt. And every time I did that, it was not a good decision. I later regretted any decisions made based on fear or guilt. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line for me, I had to remember that I need to do what I feel is best for my child. I am her parent. My ex can make his decisions in his home, Mm -hmm. but I need to step up and make the right decisions in my home as well. And there were certain character traits and life skills and values Mm -hmm. that I wanted to teach my daughter. And I knew that she was not going to get that type of training in the other home. So it was up to was up to us yeah, totally. to do it. And so I had to get move past my fears, move past my guilt and really step up and hold firm. Yeah, regardless of what so, he was doing. Mm-hmm. Would you say that that fear uh, that you felt was more kind of fearing the rejection from Annika than yeah. anything else? Yeah. And that's a real fear, mm-hmm. but I want to tell I want to tell everybody listening something. The truth is that in general, kids love their parents. They love Mm -hmm. both of their parents. And regardless of what they're bucking against or what they're saying, in most cases, kids want to stay connected to both of their parents. You have to work really hard to make a kid not want to be around you truly at the heart of it. So they might be saying this today, Mm -hmm. but remember, this is a season. We have a tendency to kind of judge what is happening today as the final thing, or like that's the end forever. of the story. It's going to mm-hmm, be like mm-hmm. this forever. They're never going to want to be around <laughs> me. The truth is you're probably just in a really difficult season right now and you need to move through that season. Yeah. In fact, when you set <laughs> healthy boundaries with your kids, you should expect them to push up yeah, against them. That's right. That's I mean, right. not something that you should just expect to happen and move past it. You're mm-hmm. the adult. Hold firm. Yeah. Because boundaries actually communicate love and security to yeah. kids. 
in the long run, yep. they will figure that out. Yep. Absolutely. We've we've seen that happen yeah. with our daughter. And you know, I've had to explain to my daughter before that my goal is to be the best mom I can be for you. And in this particular situation, I really feel strongly that mm-hmm. and then I let her know what the boundary is. Mm-hmm. And if she brings up, you know, the whole, oh, daddy doesn't, you know, make me do that or daddy doesn't care about that. I'm just, I, I'm, I don't criticize, but that's right. his choice to make and he's doing what he feels is best. That's right. And I need to do what I feel is best in our home. Yeah. It's okay if he does something different. Yeah. I love, you know, a couple episodes back, we had that little script mm-hmm. that was, you know what? I love you too much mm-hmm. to let you right. do whatever that to is. Not to not put this, this boundary yeah. in place. I love you too much. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty tough some for kids to argue with that, you know. Yeah, there's really good yeah. reasons that you have priorities and mm-hmm. values and boundaries. Yep. Right? Yeah. yeah. There of course there is. You want to keep your kids safe, mm-hmm. right? You want to teach them good life lessons that are going to help them grow into responsible adults. Yeah, so don't let the pressure from the kids or the, the ex, ex, don't let the fear or the guilt rob you of the things that you know are right for your kids. Just remember that mantra. Our home is mm-hmm. our zone, right? We said that was overarching. Our home is our zone. So yeah. you hold on to that. All yeah. right. All right. Well, what's myth, myth number three? Myth number three is all about stuff. And you might get stuck in the thinking, you know, I don't have the authority to impose healthy limits around items that my ex has purchased. That's the myth hmm. right there. And Why is that a big deal? Like they bring their socks over, they get, you got to put boundaries <laughs> around their socks? Well, honey, we know how kids are these days. It's all about the devices, yes, right? isn't that true? Yeah. So this is especially a big struggle around... Phones, tablets, laptops, gaming items, those things. Yeah. Yeah. But the truth is, if it's in your house, forget the ex spouse. Uh, (laughs) You're a poet and didn't know it. If it's in your house, don't literally forget the ex spouse. But what do you mean by that? Well, just because you didn't swipe your debit card to purchase that particular device, it doesn't mean that you don't have any say over how and when it gets used in your home. Yeah, that's good. Now, some of what we're about to say might seem a little radical, but we want you to hang mm-hmm. in there because we've learned this lesson yeah. the hard way and we want you to learn from us. Totally. When Annika was 11, and this was how many years ago? Oh, what? 13 13, years ago. So this was before, this was right on the cusp of kids having cell phones everywhere they went. It was becoming the norm. It wasn't quite yet the norm. But she was 11, and her dad decided to buy her a cell phone. Unfortunately, he did not give her any limits or boundaries Mm -hmm. around this cell phone. It was just, here you go, have fun. Yep. Well... She would come to our house, of course, and want to bring her cell phone, which, of course, we wanted her to, to do yeah, that. She, to was, have the yeah, she yep. became attached to it very quickly. But I felt like we didn't have the authority to set any boundaries around the cell phone because technically we didn't own the cell phone. Right. That was kind we of my paying men- the monthly bill. We had right. nothing to do with nothing the financial to do side with of it. it. Yeah. yeah. But this uh, really did not go well. No. Because there were things that she was doing at her dad's house, such as sleeping with her cell phone all Mm -hmm. night and getting interrupted by texts from Mm -hmm. kids all night that we didn't feel was healthy. Yeah. 
And of course, we can't dictate what's going on in his home, but mm -hmm. she would bring it to our home and want to do the same thing. She wanted to be able to respond to it at the dinner table or while Mm -hmm. while we were having meals or during family time. All um, the time. I yeah. mean, just She was crazy. getting onto different platforms mm-hmm. and getting into trouble she that was, she wasn't supposed to she be was on not mature enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was not mature enough to balance cell phone use or to know how to use it responsibly. Right. And as a result, she got into some trouble. Mm-hmm. She was, you know, up all night texting and then tired the next day. Our friends would tempt her to sneak out in the middle mm-hmm. of the night, which she did. And we learned really the hard way yeah. that this was not not a healthy situation. And it was painful for us when we started Mm -hmm. imposing uh, some boundaries around there because we felt, you know, we wanted it plugged in in our room Mm -hmm. where we had some control over it. Which is what our mutual kids do. Right. We wanted it not even in her pocket, but somewhere else when we were having family game night or at the dinner table. And that's where, you know, Kim just said, well, some of this might sound really radical, but we felt like we were combating, like swinging a pendulum way Mm -hmm. over to another side just to try to create some balance. And so we, we went pretty far the other way there for a little while too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what we want to kind of unravel here is that once something enters your home, an item, you absolutely have the authority to be very clear about the boundaries. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Should they have the device in their room? Yeah, these are great questions. With the door closed or open. Yeah. Should they have it when they go to bed at night? Mm -hmm. Should they have it at the dinner table? Mm -hmm. Should there be limitations on time? Yeah, these are all questions you should be asking yourself, even if you don't own the device. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When? For how long and what kind of content? Yeah. These are all things that you can explore in your home, Mm -hmm. whether you bought the device or not. Yeah. And those three things that you just listed, when can it be used? For how long can it be used? And what kind of content on it? Those are kind of the big three deals that uh, we find that parents lock into battles with their kids Mm -hmm. and that they lock into battles with their ex, ex. Because sometimes... The how long, when, and what kind of content, the ex doesn't see it the same way as you do. Yeah. And that's okay. When it comes into your home, you have the authority. Your home is your zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it can be tough for kids because mm-hmm. they are going to get angry and frustrated with that's you. That's right. Yeah. There's, there's no doubt that yeah. this is go- going to be hard for them. Yeah. So that's a big fear, right? That for is parents a big fear. Is, oh, man, if I tell my kids they can't have their cell phone or do mm-hmm. something with their cell phone then they're really not going to want to come to my house, mm-hmm. right? Would you agree that's a pretty big fear? That's definitely a possibility. Yeah. So what can we do when we know we have some of those yeah. fears? Again, I would I would try to explain to the child what it is you're trying to teach them. It's not that you don't want them to enjoy their device. It's that you want to teach them healthy balance and and really try to open their eyes to the bigger picture. So some kids might respond to that, mm-hmm. but other kids, we just got to be, we got to be more clear a little more and, direct. and a little bit more direct. And rather than uh, just holding a hard line of saying, look, cell phone doesn't come to our home mm-hmm. or, or whatnot. One of the ways that we can deal with both our kids and the ex yeah. is learning how to give them options, options yeah. right? So, Hey, we would love for you to bring the device. You're you're welcome to bring the device, but you need to respect our boundaries in our home. And, and if that's not okay, then we can just leave the phone at your dad's house. Mm-hmm. I, I know that sounds really scary. I know <laughs> that, 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 you know, that 
uh, they might buck against that. And there's some fear that they're going to reject you because you're holding that hard line. But in the long run, their desire to be connected to you will outlive, Far outweigh it'll, it. it'll outweigh yeah. a, a connection to a device. Um, so be, be brave here, yeah. test the waters and, but be brave. And take it from us. You'll be glad you did. I mean, I wish that we had early on set, mm-hmm. given this option. It's yeah. fine to bring it, but here are the boundaries. Mm-hmm. Here, are why the, here are why these boundaries are important. You mm-hmm. need to get your rest, yeah. you know, make it very clear. And Or you can leave the phone at your yeah. dad's house. That's yeah. fine, too. Yep. You know, back kind of in the intro there, I talked about that, remembering that feeling of sitting there watching a horror yeah. movie with Annika. And it was just a sick feeling in my gut. And not that, you know, we're anti-horror movies. No. I'm just sitting there thinking, oh my goodness, like, I can't believe I'm watching this with this young, impressionable child. And this is way too mature yeah. for her. And And it was around these first few myths where I just felt like I had to compromise the values. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we talk about, you know, when, for how long and what kind, con- what kind of content, this was content related yeah. stuff that was fine at her dad's, but it really wasn't fine for us, especially in that stage of her life. Your home is your zone. Yeah. And at that point yeah. you have a decision. Are you going to reinforce this? Yeah. That's being taught in the other yeah. home. Or are you going to help the child stand up to mm-hmm. a, and against something that they're not ready and yeah. protect them? Are you yeah. going totally. to reinforce or protect? That's a great way to put it because one of my biggest parenting regrets in that, those years when Annika mm-hmm. was moving back and forth is those times where I compromised my values and I ended up reinforcing the exact lesson I didn't want to teach her. Yeah. So I got to think about those. And that's true for all three of these. these yeah. First and that's months. not what's best for your child. No. That's, that's the bottom line. What is the best? Our home is our zone. Mm-hmm. That's right. We're going to hold on to our values. Now let's keep moving. Let's we're starting to get, four, yeah, we're honey. babbling here now. Let's move to <laughs> We could get up on a soapbox over yeah. this stuff. <laughs> oh, we me. weren't already on it. <laughs> uh, myth number four. It says, I can't really influence my kids because my time with them is so limited. Oh. That is hard. When we only have them every other weekend or sometimes even less, we can be really tempted to believe that our influence has been dramatically uh, reduced. Yeah. Yeah. And, And the truth, here's the truth about influence though. Influence is really based on quality, not necessarily quantity. Mm -hmm. So let me uh, give you a little bit of a a, a different example. So I moved back and forth between two homes when I was a kid, but it was a little bit different for me. If you know anything about my story, my mom passed away when I was about a year old uh, and I lived with my grandparents on my my bio mom's side for a while. Well, when my dad remarried, we, we moved out of there and I continued to go back and see Nana and Papa usually about one weekend every month. So I was only there about two and a half days a month. Now the environment in between the two homes was dramatically different. Um, we were we were fairly dysfunctional in in my dad and stepmom's house, and it was volatile, and there was some abuse going on, and uh, it was it was just not a fun environment. And and there were, you know, they they wanted to teach us uh, how to be responsible adults, but it wasn't. I wouldn't say it was nurturing uh, in in that environment. Now, Nana and Papa were very much different. It was a peaceful uh, place. They were, they didn't put up with garbage from me. Like if I got out of line, they weren't afraid to tell me. They they were kind of old school. They absolutely set boundaries. They had values and they weren't going to compromise those values. And yet 
we also just hung together. Yeah. We just, I hung out a lot of time in the, in Papa's wood shop. Uh, you know, Nana and I did a lot of reading stories and, mm-hmm. and just enjoying our time together. And as I grew up and I, I hit my late teens and my early twenties, I remember hitting, you know, life's dilemmas that we all hit. And I did a lot of comparing between the values that I saw in those two homes, the values that I saw being lived out in my dad and, and stepmom's house versus what was going on at Nana and Papa's. And I was very blessed to have that example that have Nana and Papa's example. Mm-hmm. And I could go back and go, now, wait, what would they maybe tell me to do in this case? And that was only two and a half days a month. Yeah, very and, limited. Yeah, they absolutely influenced me with real quality time. And so if you are a parent, and you're really limited on your time, it can be tempting sometimes to either pull back on boundaries um, or um, kind of almost shrug our shoulders and, and give up yeah, what's and, the and, point? Feeling, and feeling hopeless. Mm-hmm. I want you to have hope. I want you to hear that story of mine and recognize even in just a couple days a month, how absolutely influential Nana and Papa were, you can be that same influence and to your kids. And still hold healthy boundaries. And still hold healthy boundaries. Mm-hmm. You know, kids need healthy boundaries in order to feel loved. When we say, hey, I love you too much, and I put <laughs> these boundaries around you to protect you and love you. And teach you. And teach you, it helps them know that you're loving them. So, I know you don't want to spend all your limited time enforcing <laughs> rules and disciplining and, and all of that. No. You do need to move through that feeling, though, when it comes to that time where you're questioning, am I going to hold yeah. on to this boundary or am I going to compromise my values mm-hmm. just because I'm fearful that I'm going to I'm going to not be influential in my child's life. You're going to be influential. If you have that limited time, don't let the pressure of your ex or the complaints of your kids cause you to compromise what you know is right. Even in that limited time, remember your home is your zone Mm -hmm. and you're loving your kids as you go through that time. So don't let that rob you. So let's do a little recap. Mm -hmm. Myth number one was to make things easier for everyone. Our house rules need to match the exes. But the truth is that parenting decisions do not have to cross households. Kids can adjust back and forth. Okay. That was myth number one. Myth number two was we're going to need to lower our standards in order to appease the kids or else they might try to reject our home or refuse to spend time with us. Mm. You know, the truth is, Parenting decisions that are influenced by fear or guilt are typically not the best decisions. So no. let's try not to have that be a driving factor in yeah, our that parenting leads decisions. to regret. That's right. Myth number three. This one was all about the <laughs> stuff, right? It's uh, get that get stuck in that thinking of, well, I don't have the authority to impose healthy limits around items that my ex purchased, like a cell phone or a tablet or a gaming device. But the truth is, if it's in your house, forget the ex-spouse. <laughs> that was Kim's little rhyme there. And just make sure that you're setting the healthy boundaries around those things when they're in your home. Yep. Right. And then finally, myth number four, when we just feel hopeless, like I can't really influence my kids because my time with them is so limited. But we've got to remember the truth that influence is based on quality not on quantity, and you can have a tremendous influence even in your limited time. Yep. 
So that's our four myths and, and the four truths. And what's that the come bottom line? So the bottom line is your, your home, home is your zone. zone. Remember that. Yeah. Hey, thanks again. Just circling back to the beginning, we really want to thank you for uh, considering maybe partnering with us over yeah. on Patreon. Check thanks it out. for listening to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And next week, we're excited. We're kicking off a three part series where we're talking about something that every step couple we've ever worked with has shared that they've experienced. And we've definitely experienced this to one degree or another. And we call this dynamic the Trap Teammate Stranded Stranger Experience. And we've mentioned this before. We're going to do a deeper dive, a three-part series. And you don't want to miss it. Every step couple has experienced this. Yeah, that's right. All right. Well, that brings episode number 20 to a wrap. Mm -hmm. And we will see you over on Patreon, I hope. Yeah, check it out. Well, then we'll talk to you next week. Till next time.